Well, hello, and you are listening to Tampa Bay Sports with the Hendersons. This is our second episode of Tampa Bay's most scintillating podcast or something like that. Uh, I'm Ben Henderson. You don't care about me. I'm Joe. I'm his dad, and you probably don't care about me either, but I have been around for a while. Yeah, odds are you've heard of him more than you have of me. So this is our second edition. It is December 29th on uh, about 6 p.m. here when we're doing this recording. So we are basking in the glow of perhaps the most Buccaneers game of Buccaneer games. Um, When they used to have their ad campaign, It's a Bucks Life, I'm pretty sure this is the kind of game that they were referencing uh, the Buccaneers fall in overtime to the Atlanta Falcons, uh, 28 to 22. And once again, without fail, our uh, main headline from this story won Mr. Jameis Winston. Yeah, you know, I tweeted out during the game that Jameis um, needs if he comes back next year, needs to get an endorsement from Bush Gardens because he is a thrill ride like Shikra. That was when he was playing well. Uh, I think Shikra, in this case, a.k.a. Jameis, broke down (laughs) at the top of a loop and left people stranded because, you know, is there any other way to explain how on the first play of overtime the bucks get the ball okay ronald jones is running for like a million yards in the in the second half give him the ball establish some authority and no he throws the same out pattern that got picked off i don't know how many times this year 28 i've, I've lost count well well definitely the last first pass against the texans they run yep. out pattern and it gets pick six and you know, pick six game instead of eight and eight, seven and nine. Now, yeah, that improves their draft position. Yay. Okay, whatever. But, you know, up until maybe that moment, I really was 99.999% sure they would bring him back. I think that's a much tougher sell now. I really do. Well, on the positive Uh, Jameis does become the eighth quarterback in the history of the NFL to throw for 5,000 yards. Uh, Take that for what you will, because the majority of those have come in the last decade when defenders can't even look at a wide receiver without drawing a penalty. Uh, We did have history, though. That that pick six did create history. Uh, Jameis is now the first quarterback in the 100-year history. I don't know if you've heard this. The NFL has been going on for 100 years. It's been around a while. Um, The first quarterback ever to throw for 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Um, It's it's the and part that's the problem. Well, here's the thing. And this is where, you know, the sage voice of reason that would be me, uh, who has seen Buccaneer football since, you know, the days of Steve Spurrier and Gary Huff and 
Jeb Blunt and, and Randy Hedberg and so on, uh, would say that it's not always the quarterback's fault. So of those 30 interceptions, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit down and break down film with Bruce Arians because he probably wouldn't let me do that. But there's a good chance that in, in some cases, you know, the line didn't do what they were supposed to do. The receiver didn't cut where he was supposed to cut or, and so on and so forth. Quarterback ultimately takes the blame. However, comma, 30 interceptions is not an accident. Well, Bill Parcells had the quote of quotes on this. You are what your record says you are. And the record says that Jameis uh, is a poor man's Philip Rivers. How's that? He can throw for a ton of yards. You hold your breath on every pass. Sometimes you go, yay, Jameis. Sometimes you want to hide your eyes. And at the end of the day, more often than not, they get beat. So since the aim of the National Football League, every team in the league, their aim is to win the game. Jameis doesn't win enough games. And I would argue, and I think you'd agree with me, oh, son of mine, that he has sufficient offensive weaponry to do just that, win games. They ain't doing it. Seven and nine, no. seven and nine, that dog don't hunt. So um, eight and eight, uh, all right, maybe we'd feel a little better about them, uh, give them some momentum going into the next year. Now there's just question after question after question. And so they got to make a decision. What do you think? What do you think they're going to do? Uh, well, I, the, the one that, that makes the most sense, and we talked about this in last week's episode, the inaugural episode of Tampa Bay Sports with Henderson uh, would be at best you franchise tag him because you're not going to, as we talked about last week, you're not going to have a good enough draft position to get a Joe Burrow, to get, you know, one of a Justin Herbert, uh, you know, maybe Jacob Eason. He's considered the fourth best quarterback. I don't know if any of those bring excitement, even if they fall to you. Um, I still think you have a possible pathway to a Jalen Hurts. But beyond drafting, you know, one of those kind of second tier level quarterbacks, there's nobody in the free agency that's going to excite you. Um, Andy Dalton, maybe, but he hasn't, you know, he. Teddy Bridgewater, somebody like that. Right. Right. So Philip Rivers is going to be a free agent. Yeah, in all likelihood. Yeah, yeah that is true. Um, so if you're going to re-sign Jameis, you at best have to franchise tag him. Now, if you franchise tag him, um, according to uh, projected cap space for next year, uh, that would leave the Bucks with $54 million in cap space for next year. Now, among the notable people that they would have to re-sign, uh, you got Sue Dotson, JPP, Allen, uh, Shaq Barrett, who just set the sure. Bucks record Gotta for have single it. season. Uh, Perriman, who maybe is the biggest benefactor of Godwin and Evans going down. Uh, yep. Barber. 
Gabbert, Stewart, uh, Achu, Nassib, Minter, and Eclair are your notable free agents. Uh, a lot of money they're also going to have to commit to that defensive line. Well, and 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 I would argue this: um, we've for years lamented the lack of a pass rush by the Bucks. That was not an issue this year. They had no. a, a very um, I wouldn't call it extraordinary. They they weren't the uh, Dallas Doomsday defense of old, but they were pretty good. And, you know, so you've got to try to keep that intact. Um, the the elephant in the room, hate the cliche, but there it is, is what do you do about the quarterback? Now, he's had five years. Right. He has had how many millions of dollars invested in him? Since he was drafted, the whole buck philosophy has been it's all about Jameis. So mm-hmm. let's go get him weapons. They brought in Deshaun Jackson and so on. Well, that was a disaster. But they've they've tried to surround him with people who can make him better. And he still throws an out pattern that, you know, a rookie corner in high school could probably read and pick. Even Bernie Hargraves would have gotten that. Yeah, no question. But uh, so – you have to say at some point, again, to go back to Bill Parcells, let us bow our heads, you are what your record says you are. Why do we think that bringing him back for another season would, he would, over the winter, he would get it? Oh, I see what I did wrong. He's somebody else's problem at this point, in my opinion. If I'm running the Bucks, and I probably won't be, but if I am running the Bucks, I go get a bridge quarterback. Maybe a Philip Rivers, maybe an Andy Dalton, maybe a Teddy Bridgewater, somebody. And then if one of the 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 excellent quarterbacks falls to me, no, you're not going to get Joe Burrow, obviously, or or whatever. But maybe, maybe you can get somebody that excites you they're going to pick now somewhere around 12 i guess uh to be determined depending how yeah but all right so maybe you get your guy and you and you've got the quarterback whisperer bruce arians and you bring in a game manager who can take advantage of the weapons uh on this team and they are considerable Hopefully Todd uh, Bowles doesn't uh, uh, jump to a head coach's job, although he'll certainly uh, be an attractive option for some teams. And then you go ahead and you say, okay, since the NFL is the officially not for long league, you worry about next year, you groom your guy two or or two whatever years, the, the young guy takes over, and we all move on to the Super Bowl. Uh, but to bring Jameis back at this point is a mistake, in my opinion. And, and I would agree. I think you, you have five years of data. I think a lot of people got excited because, well, a lot of 
beat the Colts. Well, okay, there's a reason the Lions are three eleven and whatever. Right, they are like that's fool's gold. And again, if we were doing this podcast, you know, at that time, I think we would have uh, called that as much. So I think a lot of Jameis coming back, a lot of it's going to depend on Arians. Does Arians think he's salvageable? I, I don't know. That's for him to decide because ultimately uh, he's going to be the guy to coach whoever you bring in. What makes these decisions tricky is in a vacuum, you would love to say, all right, let's get rid of Jameis. That, that's great. Uh, the problem is that you get rid of Jameis, you have to have somebody else to bring in for him. Well, so, uh, that's exactly right. And, and, right. And, and so it's, it's a matter of who's part two of your equation. Well, and uh, today being what it is and the era being what it is, we want uh, an answer five minutes ago. All right, what are you going to do? Who are you going to bring in? Right. And it's not going to happen. No. You know, they have to see how the market shakes out. Um, these uh, and I believe, you know, the, the, the Buccaneer Brain Trust will probably by, you know, mid-morning be hip deep in discussions about what to do about Jameis. They're going to ask uh, Arians his opinion. And that is one thing I really like about Bruce Arians. He will say exactly what's on his mind. He will and not he sugarcoat will. it. And nope, and that's- what you need that is exactly what you need and so if he comes out and forcefully says no i can salvage this um we need to bring him back for another year okay and they're tied at the hip well they kind of are and bruce uh let's face it has an advantage over a younger coach at this point he doesn't give a crap about he really he he cares about winning i don't get me wrong but he, right, but the Bucks need him more than he needs this job. Absolutely, and he's you know he's he has said he's having fun. He feels rejuvenated, uh, and that's great. And I think he did a a, a terrific job this year because he was. Let's face it, he was basically left a mess. Did you see Ronald Jones run today? He did, and you know, in a way, Ronald Jones is almost like the Jameis Winston of running backs in a weird way because, you know, last year he couldn't get on the field because he didn't know the playbook. Um, You know, this today, you know, his first run or whatever it was, he fumbles the football. But from a strictly running the football standpoint, I mean, he is the superior runner compared to Peyton Barber. So Barber becomes a free agent. You can find another Peyton Barber. Well, Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, Ronald Jones, you, you have a higher ceiling compared to... Well, and, and what I like about um, the way Arians handled Ronald Jones this year is that he didn't sugarcoat it. He didn't, you know, oh, well, I'm not going to embarrass you in the media or anything like that. He said, no, he missed a block. He's done. Right. <laughs> and I... that is so refreshing. Because fans aren't stupid. Fans can see what's happening. And they know if a coach is doing coach speak and they tune them out as soon as that happens. 
Bruce Arians, he is the freshest breath of air in Buccaneer coaching since John McKay. And you weren't alive then, but I was. And John McKay. I've heard you talk about he was he was great. Now I'm not denigrating Tony Dungy at all, but right. John McKay said what was on his mind. Coach, how do you feel about your team's execution today? I'm in favor of it. You know, <laughs> you just yep. can't. You don't get that anymore. But Bruce Arians is as close to that as you're ever going to get. And I love the job that he did with this team. I hope he sticks around. Hope he feels <laughs> like okay. Um, either I can salvage Jameis and trust me or cut the cord. Let's bring in somebody else. Let's draft a young guy. Um, I'm in this for at least two or three more seasons and I will leave this team better than I found it. John McKay be in favor of negative things happening to uh, Matt Gay, uh, we would be the game. He's actually been solid this season. Uh, he's actually 13th in the league in field goal percentage. Uh, and the running joke is that you know, beyond 50 is actually his range, you know, inside 30. <laughs> but, you know, beyond 50, you feel good. Uh, the problem, man, has he imploded. And today, I mean, it, as much as the overtime interception falls on Jameis, as well it should, uh, the Bucks are not in overtime, one would assume, if the kicker they went out and drafted. I mean, this isn't some bum off the street. I mean, this is a guy you targeted and drafted. Uh, Literally makes him make. So he had a bad. You want to know what? Like? Let's, there's yeah. no sugarcoating it. But uh, yeah, that directly impacted the result today. But I'm not as worried about him. I'm really not. Um, kickers are weird creatures anyway. And you could tell he was kind of overthinking it. Uh, I wish he wouldn't do that, yeah. but but the kicker he has nothing else. Yeah, to do. I, well, if I'm a quarter inch this way, maybe it'll go, you know, in the right direction. Uh, the 34 yeah. yarder was bad, and you think yeah. think about this: he makes the 34 yarder, uh-huh. okay, or he he makes both all right. the makeable field goals today. He makes a field goal mm-hmm. against the Giants. Right, they're not in seven. Yeah. Uh, they're still not in the playoffs, but we're feeling a lot better about them. Yeah. Bucks life and kickers. All right. One final thought before we talk about the lightning. Uh, as we said, Shaq Barrett, uh, he will finish the year with 19 and a half sacks this year. Uh, bef- this is, again, before the Arizona games. So for the moment, he took the lead league behind uh, or above Chandler of Arizona. Um just for uh, re-signing purposes and how much money Jack Barrett is about to make. Uh, of course, he signed the low-budget one-year deal this year. Uh, for reference of how much money the Bucks might have to pay him 
Uh, Aaron Donald of the Rams, he's a talented football player. I've heard that. <laughs> yeah, he signed uh, for six years $134 million, and that was before his 20-sack season last year. So that's going to be a lot of money uh, if you decide to re-sign Shaq Barrett, which is something that we can dive into on a future episode. Yeah, that, that that's a risky deal. Um, it is. And you'd like to say, oh, well, the light bulb went off. But let me throw this out at you as we resolve to delve into it when he signs with whoever else. Uh, it's not the Bucks. Yeah. What if Todd Bowles gets is the reason it gets a head coaching job somewhere else that too and right. if todd bowles is the reason and todd bowles stays here okay all right obviously the buck defense was much improved secondary got better um right. the pass rush was was fine uh, devin white i know there were a lot of Cynics about that draft. I think you were one of them. And I was. And I think, you know, the kid can play. So, um, but, you know, Barrett, is he a flash in the pan or is this the real thing? Um, I would, if they bring him back, and I hope they do, I would carefully structure the contract. Right. Heavily bonus incentive. Although, does somebody come over the top of you and go, we don't get a Well, then contract. if they do, they do. And then, right. you know, they the risk is on them. Um, I don't yeah. I don't believe the Bucks will cheap it out. They will do everything they can. I mean, Bruce Arian said Shaq Barrett, quote, ain't going anywhere. So, right. OK, that's fine. Um, I hope that I hope that's the case. He yeah. appeared to flourish in this system. But let's not overlook Mr. One-Year, $10 million contract in Dominican Sue. Right. He did. He did. Again, the, the whole defensive line this year was a highlight. And, and let, let's not overlook JPP. You know, guys out there playing with a broken Again, neck. Again, if you're <laughs> the your entire defensive line is going to be free agents. And again, we'll, we'll dive into yeah. uh, later. Put toward each. Because, I mean, the, the unfortunate reality is a lot of those guys are now in the NFL. And so, you know, what do you do? Uh, well, by that standard, you'd cut Tom Brady today. To ultimately... <laughs> I'm just saying, if, if being over 30 mattered, you know, I judge people by production. Maybe right. I'm it's... not going to give them a five-year contract, but, you know. I know. Quick break. And about the local hockey team that resides in Tampa, a couple big wins this week, getting them on the right track against Florida and Montreal. So we're going to take a break. And we'll be right back. Tampa Bay Sports with the Hendersons. And we're back. Tampa Bay Sports with the Hendersons. Ben Henderson, Joe Henderson, 
That would and, be Yeah, that's you. Former yeah. Tampa Tribune sports writer person guy. Um all right, so we talked about the Bucks. So now we are going to talk about the local hockey team, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, as we're doing this podcast, this is before their game against Detroit, which they are playing tonight on the rare home and home back uh back to back. Also a rare Sunday game, not very common. Uh, so the two games we are able to talk about, uh, they played the Florida Panthers and the Montreal Canadiens. These are both uh, divisional opponents, and these were two very important games coming into the week, uh, given that the Lightning still out of a playoff spot. Uh, granted, again, they still have these games in hand, and to be honest, tonight's game against Detroit, one of those games in hand. But anytime you play the divisional opponent, as they call them in the biz, those classic four-point games, uh, given the swings that can happen. I've heard that. Yes. Uh, once or twice. So, um, the Lightning uh, win both of these games uh, against Florida and against Montreal. Um, so, I was at the Florida game, uh, watched the Canadians game, uh, kind of in between uh, watching your beloved Ohio State Buckeyes. Let uh, us bow not, our heads. Yeah, not be successful uh, details. So uh, I would say the first period against Florida uh, was among the best period of hockey that they've played this season. And what was nice and what hasn't really happened as much this year compared to last year is that they were rewarded for it. Um, they came out of that period with three goals. They were up 3 nothing. And one of the things we talked about last week is that their underlying numbers have been good, but they haven't always been rewarded for it. Uh, whereas against the Panthers, finally some puck luck in their favor uh, in addition to just overall solid play. Well, coming into this season, off what happened against Let Us Bow Our Heads, Columbus. Um, the Lightning, I'll give them credit for saying, you know, we need to make some changes. And it wouldn't always be pretty. And it hasn't always been pretty. Um, you know, they've struggled, as you noted, they were out of a playoff spot. Um, people around the league were going, what's wrong with the Lightning? You know, a friend of mine is a big Lightning fan. And I always, he always likes to talk to me about the Lightning. And I tell him, don't talk to me about the standings until at least February 1st, if not the middle of February. At, at that point, uh, we, we can talk about it. Um, but, you know, the fact that the Lightning were out of the, playoff but that's whatever as long as they're not completely buried you know they can make up the ground and they had to do things differently this year to prepare for what happens in the in the postseason because we all saw what happened last year they got too cute they thought oh well we were up 2-0 let's be up 5-0 you know rather than play smart hockey, and they paid right. the price. And well, and that's where, wait, well, and that's where I think last night's game, I, they won, and we're glad that they won, 
but there are shades of last year's team in last night's win where they against the Canadians were outshot 18 to zero. That's bad. Let, let, let that sink in 18 to zero on the shot counter. Uh, and, 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 but let me, let me jump in. Montreal yeah. outshot them 18 to zero and lost. Right. But this, my point is that it's shades of last year's team, because this is the kind of game that you would look at the final numbers and go, they didn't really deserve to win it, but they win it because, you know, they win five to four um, in part because you get a couple softer goals on Carey Price. Uh, Kalorn's second goal against Price wasn't, great uh that's one he probably wants back uh mitchell stevens first career goal uh however that comes off a shot that price probably should swallow up uh steven stamkos also getting his 800th career point um off of a shot that he whips high (laughs) off the backboard directly back to him uh well and yes he uses good hand-eye coordination you know, taps it in, but that's not a repeatable play. Well, I've heard Stamkos is somewhat skilled at hockey. Yes. Um, But but he he didn't. No, but that's what makes Steven Stamkos who he is. The fact he can make that play. And you and I, together, we sat next to each other uh, in your very good season ticket seats to watch the lightning outshoot the Dallas stars by what, like 88 to two or whatever it was. And they lost. lost. So, you know, you tend to focus on the nights where they get outshot 18 to nothing to begin the game, because that's a great stat. And, but they win the game and you go, Oh, it's a fluke. Well, it all evens out over the end. And I don't I'm just saying that, you know, what they need to do is come in to the postseason. They don't need to be the hunted like they were last year. Where, And I don't say they were necessarily hunted by Columbus. I think they were hunted by themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, you know. I think they're trending in the correct direction. I think they will safely get into the playoffs if they continue to play like they played against Florida. Um, you know, I think last night shows they just they have the skill to at least overcome a night where you get outshot eighteen to zero. That worst case scenario, if your skill guys show up, um, you can still win, and you know. Well, let's not forget this is a game in December. Now you right. don't want to get it outshot eighteen to nothing in I don't know late April. I know, but uh, it's, it it is getting later. You're halfway point. Just well, you know, and and honestly, coming into this year, I expected them to take a regular season step back, and I don't think that's a problem. I, I don't think. So. You know, who cares who wins the, the the trophy for the best regular season? That doesn't matter. 
is your name on the cup. And, and last year, it, it wasn't. Yeah. And it wasn't, and it cast a pall over the whole franchise. Let's just be honest. It um, is. So they come out this year. Sure, they're going to have a hangover. They wouldn't be human if they didn't. It's John Cooper's greatest coaching challenge. It's the Lightning Organization's greatest challenge. And, you know, everything builds, just like we said last year, well, everything builds toward the playoffs. But we kind of thought they might get by Columbus in the first round. Oops. Um, Oops. So as we look, uh, coming into this season, you and I talked about this. If they go 82-0. and 0, Who cares? Who right. cares? I know, and, and, that's, and that's the problem this year is a regular season result was never going to satisfy the hockey gods for what took place last year. Um, now, the fun part about anytime the Lightning play Montreal is that gives us a chance to check points. The Sergeyev versus Druin trade from a couple years ago. Uh, now, Johnson Druin is former Tampa Bay Lightning uh, center who liked to dangle a lot, just didn't like to play defense, which is ultimately why he got shipped out of here for an actual defenseman. Uh, he has been out since November with a wrist injury. So he's only played 19 games this year. Did have 15 points through those games. Um, his Corsi number for Jonathan Drew in this year, in his 19 games, uh, is 51%. So all that number means is the shots attempts for while he's on the ice compared to shot attempts against while he's on the ice. Uh, it's a metric that's been popping up over the last five years to try to indicate possession, uh, also to indicate a player's potential uh, defensive prowess. And the problem for Duran with that 51% is that that is 12th out of 13 forwards for Montreal. So you could take that number to mean, just like in Tampa, uh, Mr. Druin doesn't like to play defense. Um, Sergeyev has had quite a season himself, 19 points through 35 games, uh, six goals, which is 17th among defensemen. And his Corsi number is 54%, and that is 17th among all defensemen in the NHL. So I think as this more data has emerged from this trade, uh, I think it's safe to say I think the Lightning won the trade. I don't think they fleeced like some of the narrative at the beginning of last season was. Uh, but I do think it's safe to say that one of Steve Eiserman's uh, great hauls uh, was pulling off Sergeyev for Duran. Well, yes, I would agree with you. And the aim of any trade, if you're in um, Steve Eiserman's position or any other GM's position, is not to fleece the other team. You hope the player you get makes better, and if the player you give away makes the other teams, uh, the other team better, okay, that's cool. Uh, it's a win-win. And the things, the negatives we heard about Drew in with the Lightning um, were 
uh, a lot of the the uh, statue posted, but it was also, as they as they like to say, the room issues and things like that. Um, he didn't really want to be here. Well, it it didn't appear that way, and so the my question becomes. If you're in the GM's position, would you make that trade again? Yeah, I'd do it. Yeah, if you're if you're, if you're Breeze Bois and that situation comes up, one hundred percent. Well, so the, there you yeah. go. And who cares what Montreal thinks? If they like right. Druin, great for them. Um, yeah. Wish him well. But it it was clear that. <clears throat> Drew in here was a square peg in a round hole. It was because he just, he didn't fit the system. Uh, again, it would have been nice to see him last night, but again, out with a wrist injury. So injuries anytime, happen, you know, yeah. That's so what it is. Tampa will, yeah. So Tampa will actually play Montreal again later this week in Montreal. Uh, side fun fact about Montreal. Uh, I got a parking ticket once when I visited Montreal because their parking signs are in French and spoiler alert, I don't speak French. Well, so, if you'd studied harder in school, you would have known that. Um, I took Spanish. I didn't, well, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know. You you didn't have a diverse education. I, I put that on you. Okay. Well, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, all right. So not much to report about the Rays this week, but when we come back from break, uh, we're going to have a final thought about USF Filling out their coaching staff. We'll be right back. And this is our final segment of Tampa Bay Sports with the Hendersons. Ben Henderson, Joe Henderson. That would be Hen- me. Yeah. 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 Our last name is Henderson. I'm, oh, his, uh, I'm his old man. Yeah. Something like that. Something All right, like so that. nothing exciting from the Rays this week. So we'll talk about them eventually when spring training starts. But uh, we are going to reference as a closing thought USF football uh, and new head coach Jeff Scott. He is rounding out his coaching staff. And today it was announced that he hired a uh, very notable defensive line coach. Yeah, he uh, hired Daquan Bowers from uh, Clemson, uh, who played for the Bucks. Um, that's great. Okay, fine. Um, you know, with what I see with Jeff Scott, um, uh, two things. I see youthful energy, which, boy, could USF use that. And I also see um, a person trying to make a transition in a very tough spot. Bulls are coming off a four and eight season. They weren't very good. Um, Now you've got a guy who's making a transition. His team is going to play for the national championship. Recruiting season is everything. Mm -hmm. So... I assume Daquan Bowers and Charlie Weiss Jr., the the new offensive coordinator, Glenn Spencer, the the new defensive coordinator, and all the other uh, assistants uh, that Jeff Scott has brought in, 
I assume that they're out there recruiting very hard and that they're telling recruits to USF, hey, look, Jeff would be talking to you, but he's busy preparing for the national championship game. And right. yeah, this guy's got the goods. I read a, I read a great story by Andy Staples in The Athletic on the hiring of Jeff Scott at USF. And Jeff Scott had been courted by other programs uh, while he was there. He was, it was clearly marked as an up and comer. He wanted to be the USF head coach when they hired Charlie Strong. Uh, Didn't work out then, but he kept turning down these head coaching opportunities, which young guys in his position don't often do but he wanted to wait for Dabo Sweeney to tell him, no, this is the right move. So the story in The Athletic goes that uh, Dabo called Jeff Scott one night about 11.30 and said, what you doing, boy? And Dabo, you know, being Dabo, asked that. and, And Jeff goes, well, I'm getting ready for bed. What's going on? And he said, well, I just talked to Michael Kelly at the University of South Florida. And by that point, USF had uh, zeroed in on Jeff Scott as the guy they wanted. And the signature quote, which ought to be up on, you know, the the outside of the Selman Athletic uh, Center at USF is that Dabo goes, this is one of those jobs you want. He got. It, it's a very, it's a very low risk. Well, job, no, I won't agree with you on that. Oh, son of mine. It's a career killer. If you go there and you go, you know, two and 10, but Jeff Scott's not going to go two and 10. USF believes they have got their Scott Frost. And. Does that mean he stays here three years and jumps to wherever? Maybe. But USF uh, was trending in the wrong direction under Charlie Strong. Um, That's just the way it is. And recruiting had fallen off. Charlie, I, I think he's a good football coach, but he was not a salesman. I think Jeff Scott will be a salesman. Um, I think they need someone to get the community excited because I have seen the Tampa Bay community excited about USF football and it's pretty impressive. And right. In the glory days yeah. of 07, I guess. And yeah. so they have hitched their wagon to Jeff Scott. Now he's a Florida guy, Arcadia, um, not that far from Tampa Bay area. Um, knows the area well, has already had a couple of high-level recruits. Okay, great. I don't expect him to go 10 and 2 the first year or whatever, uh, but I do expect that he will bring a new energy to the USF program, which they desperately need. And I know you and I disagree on this, but I'm right and you're wrong. They need an on-campus stadium. They really do. Yeah, well, I I only disagree because uh, most USF 
alums live in the area, uh, and I doubt Ray J is the debilitating factor <clears throat> of why they're going to USF games. Uh, as a closing thought to the work uh, Jeff Scott does have to do for this season, and again, this is depending on how much you buy into recruiting rankings, uh, according to 24-7 Sports, uh, USF's 2020 recruiting class uh, ranks right now 113th in the country and maybe more debilitating. Uh, it ranks 12th in the AAC. So, Mr. Scott and Mr. Bowers. Yeah, let's, let's, let's not got some pay to too do. much attention to that. And I'm not trying to make excuses, but the guy's been on the job for like eight minutes and he's trying to prepare for a national championship. Right. Uh, the, the, right. It just shows but what it also do. shows, and what you did not report, of son of mine, and you should dig deeper into the data, is that the players they have signed are generally rated higher than some of the other squads ranked above them. They just haven't signed as many of them. And well, well, a lot of it is because it's a very small yeah. class right now, and. Uh, they signed seven on early recruiting day, and they have a grand total, according to 24-7, of four hard commits. So seven plus four that's is not 11. But, that's but not a great if, as if of Clemson right. beats LSU, which, you know, they could happen. Could that's going to be a great football game. But do you think he's got something to sell at that point? Uh, three national yeah. titles, I'd hope so. so. I think uh, all of a sudden these things can turn around. And the good news about Jeff Scott, which, you know, USF has been wanting for years, never really had, was that somebody who could walk in and all the high school coaches in the Tampa Bay area, which turns out a treasure trove of talent every year, will go, oh, yeah, I know that guy, and I like that guy, and I trust that guy. And maybe, you know, uh, they can start to keep the the local players who, I don't know, always went to Clemson uh, from from leaving town and maybe considering USF. Um, you know, we, they could not have really picked a better person. We'll just have to see how it works out. We will. And so of the week that is upcoming of sports, Florida Gators play Virginia in the Orange Bowl. Gators favored by 14. Hopefully they win. Uh, Lightning, as we mentioned, playing actually right now as we speak against Detroit. Uh, Also games this week against Buffalo and again against the Canadiens. And the Bucks play. Uh, they play next uh, uh, September, I think. Though, as Wyclef John once said, they'll be gone till September. Uh, Adios. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, this has been another edition of Tampa Bay Sports with the Hendersons. Uh, ben I'm Henderson. And we hope you come back next week because we're going to record this anyway. So, all right, take care. Be good.